1: Hello and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast, proudly presented by NBC Sports Edge. My name is DJ Short and with me here once again is Drew Silva. This is a taped version of the show. We're actually taping on Thursday night, October 21st. Game 5 of the NLCS between the Dodgers and the Braves is going on right now, actually. I think the Braves have an early lead, courtesy of a Freddie Freeman home run. You'll know the results of that game by the time this podcast comes out Friday morning, so... We're not going to touch on that game. Uh, instead, we're going to continue our early mock draft analysis, which we actually began last week on the show uh, with Matthew Poliott. And in order to continue our analysis of our mock draft, it's a slow mock draft. It's been going over back a week and a half now. Uh, we have another one of our writers here at NBC Sports Edge, Ryan Boyer. Hey, Ryan. Uh, really glad we were able to get you on here. I know it's, it's been a while since you've been on the pod, I think.
2: It has been a while. Happy to be with you guys. Yeah, I was going to mention something about whether you guys would think that the Braves are going to wrap it up tonight, but I guess if for those that aren't watching live, that would kind of not make sense to talk about. So, let's let's yeah. take
3: two different reactions to it. One where <laughs> we're like, of course, and then the other one where we're like, no way, dude, Dodgers are going to come back for sure.
1: Right. Um, yeah, I, I'd rather avoid any predictions. I, basically, my entire postseason bracket was done pretty much right away, because I, I predicted White Sox and Brewers World Series with the White Sox taking it, so definitely listen to my opinions on sports is what I'm saying
3: I had the Cardinals coming out of the NL and the AL, so <laughs> <laughs> <It> didn't work <laughs>
1: uh, but yeah, Ryan, it's great to have you on the show I can't remember, did we have you on during the regular season? I don't even, I don't remember I mean, it's a six month blur, so I don't really know i don't I, think
3: i did i want to say yes though i, I think it was early Maybe early
1: on. really early yeah i don't know it's all running yeah. together i hey i know it's a six-month haze for me Yeah,
3: the season was for, for people that don't um know the inner workings of nbc sports edge formerly wrote world ryan's been one of our best writers our most reliable news writers and daily dose writers and draft guide writers for like 10 is it 10 years now
2: yeah um uh, 2010
3: wow yeah so 11 years maybe (laughs) i
2: I might have started part-time in 09 actually i can't i can't remember
1: wow so we all kind of started around the same time which is pretty incredible We're, we're still together uh that doesn't happen very often in, in this industry exactly. um so yeah we're still together we're we're basically like uh wainwright and molina basically
3: oh i'll be i'll be yadi you can be wainwright dj so th- what would that make boyers like um
1: uh who's
3: who's one of the you, coaches i don't know who,
1: i don't know
2: who the third one is of that for the trio
3: <laughs> you're john Moselak. uh well mm. <laughs> maybe dj's mozalak with the bow okay. tie yeah um, okay and the and the sweater around the neck and then i'm like the i'm yachty for sure like puerto <laughs> rican kind of feisty and you're more the stoic wainwright right okay
1: i'll take I that. Can see that
3: i think we figured it out i can see that so and dj uh, just fires people willy-nilly
1: i mean it's true <laughs> that's what i do uh so before we get into the draft stuff i, I have an important question for drew but before we do that Uh, A reminder to our listeners, the NFL season is in full swing, and the NBC Sports Predictor app has you covered. With Sunday Night 7, predict what will happen on Sunday Night Football for a chance to win up to $100,000 every week. It's free and easy to play. Download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com slash predictor. So, Drew, we have a little internal chat going on with our slow mock draft and you sent some pictures last night uh Wednesday night from an event you were at called meat bingo and i've never heard of meat bingo it sounds wonderful lovely uh terrifying but <laughs> but i would i'd love to know cuz i don't really understand what was happening there so if you could just explain it quickly before yeah. we we'll
3: start well my turn was coming up in this slow mock draft that we're doing on like google sheets and so i was just making the the group aware that i was playing meet bingo and that might i might take a few hours to get back to a computer to look up who i should draft in this mock draft um meet bingo is an event i i think it's fair it's more common than just this one bar but this one bar across the street from us called tam avenue bar shout out maybe i'll get a regulars tab at some point um but they do meet bingo every month and it's like your standard bingo. You get two sheets. It's a dollar. Or two uh, settings, like for random numbers, B-I-N-G-O random. with five random numbers and two on each sheet. It's a dollar a sheet. There's 10 rounds. And the winner of each round gets assigned a random package of meat. And so <laughs> um, I won the first round. There's There were probably 45 to 50 to 60 maybe people playing and me and my now wife won three of the 10 rounds which was great i I got the first round i got three and a half pound slabs of ribs i think it's four different slabs of ribs she won round four which was two pounds of brats two pounds of italian sausage um and then i i won two porterhouse steaks in a round and then there was speed bingo after that for people that were still there and willing to buy sheets and we won another porterhouse and so, yeah, we're really stocked up. Uh, I made one of the porterhouses tonight for dinner, and uh, we're doing the ribs tomorrow. Um, again, Ryan is a St. Louis guy, so you're invited. I know you got a new shift, but uh, <laughs> if you bring a side, you can certainly swing by. I, it's a, it's a, a how, very,
2: l- how long is this bingo last? Do they, they just have meat
3: sitting out for hours? Or? It's, not, <laughs> it's obviously in a cooler on ice. <laughs> <laughs> okay they're frozen yeah, it's, more comforting. They're, it's it's from kenrick's which i'm sure you're familiar mm-hmm. with which is a great butcher shop in st louis and very very good meat yeah it's 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 properly packaged okay, that's good. Um, you get a i, I bringing the package home from the barn again it's across the street it was like a chore it was really heavy i, I won a lot and people people will do you anytime you actually get a real bingo because they have to verify it and then they announce it um but yeah it was a great event it's, it's probably a very midwestern kind of thing like, yeah i haven't heard of I it wanna but be
1: the, i
2: i want to be the guy driving on tam and having to stop so drew can walk across with
1: his- <laughs> it's <laughs> the, Fro- the frogger seinfeld thing
3: <laughs> there's probably a lot of that going on but yeah i'll uh <laughs> I, I i did a lot of cooking videos uh during the pandemic when there was no baseball maybe i'll I'll have to fire one up. I should fire one up for the next time I do the porterhouse because we were actually yeah. talking about that before we came on air, how how I did it. Um, yeah, do it. Yeah. Or I, I was going to say for the ribs, but that's going to be like a three and a half hour ordeal. So how are you going
1: to do the ribs, by the way? I don't, Are you going to slow and low in the oven?
3: Yeah, it's going to be oven because we live in an apartment and we don't really have like an area for a grill or a yeah. smoker. Um, yeah. So it'll be wrap it in foil do the rub with like brown sugar and a bunch of spices butter wrap it in foil put it in the oven for like three hours and then broil it to get that like glaze oh yeah that's mm that and i'm looking at some i'm gonna gonna do it like three different ways i think there's a korean barbecue sauce that i really like so like one kind of sweet maybe put some sesame seeds on top and some scallions make that look pretty um, and then like one more savory, vinegary style, um, and then one maybe like some some sort of like cherry cherry wood uh, sort of glaze with a, a cherry wood bark. I, I don't know. There's a lot of ideas floating around in my head. And the white. And you're and, an artist. You're an yeah, artist. I'm an artist. I'm an I am an artist. I have an electric
2: smoker, and usually, what I the recommendations I've seen is that you. Go straight on the rack for like the first few hours, and then wrap it in foil, Ooh. and then go back to the without the foil.
3: You think that would work you, in a You, you, go, you convection foil oven first. Huh? What's that? You think that would work in like a standard? Convection oh, I don't oven? know. I've never yeah. that one I've done before. See, I think I think the the it would drip the fat, and we'd like cause a fire.
1: Yeah, you need a little tray a tray to catch the fat you can put it that. on the rack and then we'll try to catch the fat but
3: i'm open to ideas um but yeah we, we got two pounds of brats and two pounds of uh italian sausage i think we're gonna do sausage and peppers and onions next week um maybe do the beer brat kind of thing cook them in beer in the oven for a while and then finish them in the cast iron got a lot of ideas boys i got a big haul at meat bingo and i, I feel really good about it
1: <laughs> well i mean it's the off season now so th- we have this free time to like think about food I'm, I'm like catching up on shows on like every streaming device right now um <laughs> yeah, that's um, so.
3: see so they do meet bingo once a month um for at least the last two years and i just i, I never get off a weekday night you know i like yeah yeah something and so yeah the the p- postseason drew's in full effect when he's going to meet bingo and right um <laughs> preparing ideas for some bourbon cocktails tomorrow with the ribs and whatnot
1: well you've earned it we've all earned it actually Uh, all right so let's get on to this draft talk which i assume our listeners tuned in for i don't know uh so with this uh with this draft talk okay so we're about 12 rounds in at this point i think did we just finish the 12th round i think we did We're towards the end of the 13th. Okay, 13th. Okay. So the draft is going to go 23 rounds. We have nine pitcher spots, 14 position player spots. Uh, This is a two-catcher league, a middle infielder, corner infielder, five outfielder, and a utility spot. 20-game eligibility uh, to qualify uh, at a position for position players. And this is a standard five-by-five roto. So last week we went through the first two rounds with, with Matthew Poliott just kind of going through pretty much every pick um, mm-hmm. and a little bit of our personal strategy. But I think this week it makes more sense to talk about our individualized approaches as we look at these first 13 rounds um, so far. So like I, like I said last week, um, we went through the first two rounds, but you know, we'll rehash it. We'll also put a link in the actual podcast description so you can find it. Uh, online, or you can just go to nbcsportsedge.com, look at our recent columns, and find it there. So,
0: um,
1: Ryan, I wanted to go with you first, actually, because uh, because you picked fourth overall. You took Trey Turner after Fernando Tatis Jr., Vlad Jr., and Juan Soto went off the board. Were you surprised to see Turner still there at four?
2: Uh, no, I wouldn't say surprised. Uh, I, I feel like the first i don't know half a dozen or so picks <clears throat> especially at this time with a super early mock are they could kind of go in any order um, yeah turner probably has uh fewer question marks i would say than some of the other guys that got picked around him i mean since yeah. he's got picked first but i think we all know he has some question marks.
1: Attention. Yeah. But we should say also he's not going to have shoulder surgery. We heard, we really? learned that this week.
3: Yeah.
1: To me, that, that muddies the waters like a bit more. Um, mm. but we kind of assume like if he didn't get it, like as soon as the regular season was over, he probably wasn't going to get it. Um, but that did, that announcement did come out this week. To me, I, I think I, if I was picking number one overall next year, I would actually take Trey Turner.
2: I could definitely yeah. see that. Um, I mean, he's, 77 RBI right now is his career high, and the Dodgers have been batting him. I know he's batting second tonight, but they have been batting him third. Mm-hmm. I mean, a full season batting third in that lineup, he could hit like 40 more RBI than his previous career high. Right. And obviously he's hitting for plenty of power now, still stealing bases, maybe not quite at the like elite-elite clip that he, that he used to, but I mean, he could score. I know he's had some injury issues in the past, but I mean, 120 runs and – triple digits and RBIs is a, is a possibility with them. Yeah.
3: I, I think he's going to be really sexy for the number one overall pick by the time next spring rolls around. We'll, we'll see on Tatis, you know, that there, we talked about it last week, but that, that is the, the best upside on the board. You worry about the shoulder popping out again and maybe it's, it, it's in April <laughs> next year and he finally decides to get it repaired. Cause I, the, the shoulder stuff isn't going to heal on its own. Like it, it needs to be stabilized at some point. As far as I know, I'm not a yep. doctor. Obviously, I'm a master at meat bingo. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you would think that that would have to happen eventually. I, I, I would. I probably would have taken Trey Turner number two if I was there, um, over Vlad Jr. Me too. Who to, you know who is oh, maybe even over Juan Soto too. And I think yeah. Soto and Guerrero are the two best hitters in baseball. But if we're talking about fantasy and covering all five categories, um, I'm, I'm Turner and Tatis. Same. I agree.
2: And second base is, we should say, that second base is more shallow than shortstop
0: these days, too.
2: So oh, yeah. Turner so. getting that second base eligibility helps.
1: That's a big deal. And I was actually going to get to that part next. So um, in the third round, I was, I was kind of stuck. I, I decided to go with Xander Bogart's. Uh, as my shortstop, which like, he's kind of, I guess the perception is he's kind of like boring, not like super exciting, but you know, he hits for average. I, I know he missed some time with COVID this year, but if he had played a full season, he probably would have had 25 plus homers close to 90 RBIs close to hundred runs scored. And he runs a tiny bit too. Um, but I was kind of going boring with my picks, which I was okay with, but I picked Bogart Seeger went off the board next. Then you took, uh, Ryan, you took Francisco Lindor, uh, in the fourth round. So you got your, you got Trey Turner for second base, Francisco Lindor, uh, fourth round. Um, how are you feeling about Lindor or is it just the, you know, falling into the fourth round? You just got to take a shot. Like, how do you feel about it? Uh, I think it's more of the latter, I would say. Yeah. Uh, I mean,
2: he was second half. He was quite good um i know that i've seen some speculation out there on twitter that maybe a few years ago when he started hitting way more fly balls that was kind of when the juiced ball first started to take into effect and now that it's kind of de-juiced maybe that's not the best strategy for him yeah um but i don't know I, i just still think he's really really good and yeah and we're talking about the fourth round, a guy who was, you know, he was, he was being taken in the what late first round usually in drafts last, last spring. So that's a that's a pretty good spot to get him.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, watching him in the second half, he, he looked like a different player. Unfortunately, he missed some time in the second half there with the oblique injury. Uh, but September, he was great. I think he hit nine of his 20 home runs, had like 25, 25 RBIs in, in September. So – you know, if you're in a fantasy league and you benefited from that, you're going to remember that probably. Uh, so he might not fall as far as some people might think. Cause I think sounds that's It like be- sounds like the Mets DJ are going to give Javi Baez 125 million just to keep Lindor happy. So. <laughs> wow. I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out. <laughs> I, I think Lindor has Steve Cohen's ear, uh, which I guess is good. He's, he's like LeBroning it almost. Yeah. Uh, uh but, and they don't have a GM. So, I mean, he could be the GM, I suppose. Um, <laughs> uh, but I wouldn't, I don't think that would be a bad idea to keep bias because he, he's one of those players where like, I never really watched him on a daily basis. But now that I got to, like, he see the flaws. He can drive you insane, basically. You can see the flaws, but he does something every game where you're like, whoa, that was awesome. I, I have no idea what to
2: expect as far as contract goes with him. this yeah. winter. Like, It's a tough call. I guess it, yeah. It only go. It only takes one. This it, you could fall back on that, and it just takes one team to be in love with him. Maybe the Mets are that one team, but I feel like he's just going to be completely off the board for a lot of teams. But yeah, yeah. It just takes
1: one to give him a lot of money. Right. I mean, from base running, where he's he's just so smart to defensively to like tag, you know tagging base runners, like just <laughs> the little things that he does. Is just he's just so interesting, and I I don't think you really appreciate it until you see him on a daily basis. So, I'm a huge Baez fan at this point. Um, Drew, so it looked like with your draft, I don't know if this was like a plan of yours, but I see a lot of rebound candidates on your team. Trout is like the obvious one because he,
3: yeah,
1: hurt his calf and. I don't know what that was about. Yeah, calf replacement surgery. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh so Trout, Alex Bregman, who missed a lot of time with injury, DJ LeMahieu, who underachieved but also was hurt, apparently, sports hernia. Matt Chapman coming back from the hip surgery who underperformed. Even Trent Grisham uh underperformed yeah. relative to expectations. Chris Bryant, who had like a pretty decent season on the surface, but he hit 232. With a 732 OPS after June 1st, a span of 94 games, so not not really the Chris Bryant that we're expecting. So I see a lot of rebound candidates on your team. I don't know if that was your your game plan, but I see that you know going across the line here with your roster.
0: Yeah,
3: I wouldn't even I wouldn't say I even really had a strategy because um, I mean this is a mid October mock draft. Like I don't I'm I don't really I'm not really put I don't really have a strategy going into normal drafts anyway. Like you know but I, I thought it made sense to get proven guys who were falling way past their ADP from this yeah. past spring, or even I'd I like to look at ADP from going into 2020. as Well, um, for some of these guys with the way the, the world has been in the last year and a half, two years. Um, so I, I thought it, it's a good bet to take a gamble on Bregman in the sixth round. You know, he, he yeah. missed time because of that quad strain that, that lingered and then it was a hamstring. Yeah. Um, and, Brian will be fine. He seems energized by or seemed energized by being in San Francisco. He's, he's got outfield third base eligibility too. that's locked in. LeMahieu, I don't, I don't know what to think about him, uh, but getting him dropping to the ninth round when he was like, what, was he top 40 in, in drafts? Last pretty week? sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like pretty high. Um, it just felt like a good gamble and he's still in a great situation in New York and he's going to be, he's going to have an everyday job. Um so I feel yeah. good about that. Trent Grisham, I don't know. I, I, I really looked into that pick actually. That's one that I actually studied. The sprint speed is there. And so I'm like, all right, he's probably gonna have a regular job. Tommy Pham's a free agent. Um, so hopefully he has an everyday gig. I know that they the worry about him when we were doing shows in the spring was like, oh, they bat him they treat him a lot differently depending on what handed pitcher they're facing. Um and they did that. That proved to be like a, a real concern. But you look at like the baseball savant page on Trent Grisham. He doesn't really have a ton of exit velocity, but you know he's okay in that regard. And then the sprint speed, he's still that like power speed threat that we all thought he was. And if he gets everyday playing time, he's he's going to put up fantasy relevant numbers. And I, I figured in in the eleventh round, it was a good gamble. Well, that's around when like Alex Verdugo was going. I'd rather have Grisham over Verdugo. I think Akil Badu... I think I'd rather have Grisham, Julio yeah. Rodriguez, and Kelnick both won in that round. I think I'd rather have yeah. Grisham. Um, yeah. So it just made some sense. Right. Lance so, McCullers, too, I took in the next round of the 12th round. Yeah. That was one where I was like, if he didn't have that little forearm issue, and for now it seems like it is a little forearm issue because they've done mm-hmm. MRIs, they say no structural damage. I mean, he would be a, a seventh round guy, right? if, if yeah, he was. I think so. So I, I think that was a good value, too. So, yeah, and and Matt Chapman, he's coming off hip surgery. We know that in in baseball and especially hitting, moving your hips is very important. So he had a slow start. He still got to 27 home runs, I believe. Um, I think that was the number. So I see him as like, yeah, I think these are easy bounce-back candidate guys that were coming off injuries or surgeries. And um, I don't know if I I will take that kind of approach into actual drafts next spring, but uh, for this kind of – Mock draft. It's it seemed like there were there were some values on the board that I I just grabbed.
2: It's a good it's a good segue into my Anthony Rendon pick. Talking about hips. Mm. yeah, but yeah. I, I feel like I mean the eighth round for Anthony Rendon. Yeah. I, I have concerns too. Like Drew mentioned, hips hip injuries are pretty scary for for hitters. I'm not sure what the what the Angels' lineup's going to look like next year either. But Anthony Rendon was late second early third ish i want to say yeah. last last spring uh,
3: mm-hmm.
2: i mean i feel like once you once you get to the eighth round and third base is a position that uh, i haven't really done super deep dives it's, into the position scouting. It's bad. it's bad uh, it looks like it's pretty it's pretty bad so I, I feel like getting anthony rando in the eighth round is a' is pretty good.
1: Yeah, I mean, I see I was trying to wait on third base, which turned out to be a mistake. And like I knew third base wasn't great going in, but I was like, I'll probably be able to get someone I was happy with. And I actually wanted Justin Turner. (laughs) Didn't work out. I had to get out of sale Garcia after Turner. I got sniped. Uh, Micah Henry. Just like um, Turner. Did last night. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Micah picked uh, Turner right before me, so I I pivoted to Abisail Garcia, who had a nice year, uh, and and, uh, baseball savant loves him. If you look at his baseball savant page. Uh, Power, speed in Milwaukee. I think there's Mm -hmm. some question about whether he's going to stay or not. I think he has a player option. I guess we'll see. Um, And then in the 13th round, I just took Ryan McMahon as my third baseman. Not super excited about that. But there's power, he's in course field. I went boring with a lot of my picks, and I'm I'm perfectly okay with that. CJ Crone, I got it for my my first baseman. Power in course field extended. I'm okay with that. Yasmani Grandal, I I took over Wilson Contreras, Dalton Varsho, we should say, went in the tenth round. Uh to George Bissell, which I think is is pretty interesting as well. Um Varsho had a really good second half. Yeah. Um for the diamondbacks and he didn't run maybe as much as i thought he would but he has that ability um and if they just leave him alone and and Sorry, let him play no at second base like definitely next season I they better you know yeah
2: um,
3: i did the diamondbacks team roundup and and yeah there wasn't a lot to dig into there but varsho had a really good second half like definitely making progress and like the metrics bear that out like the advanced batted ball data and then yeah i'm interested to see what where Marte lands because he had that really disappointing 2020 season obviously small sample size um and didn't play a lot of games this year but the production
2: production, yeah
3: rebounded to what it was in 2019 so yeah in more casual leagues i could see him being a steal because he just didn't rack up big time totals but he's legit and dj you've been a fan of him for a long time he he like is a big contact guy Mm -hmm. hits to all fields um not a big like lefty righty splits not a big home road splits guy he he's he's a real baller um with with but i mean he doesn't run a ton but potential five category coverage that could be a a pretty late round grab and maybe they trade him too i I know he's got yeah, yeah he's got a pretty team friendly doesn't he yeah he signed that contract extension right before his breakout year yeah it's pretty team friendly i think they could get a lot for him if they wanted to and 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 maybe they do make that move and he's he joins up with a contending team and and really really goes off
1: i could see that for sure um so i think the and i was actually wanted to take bobby witt jr i was waiting (laughs) for him in the ninth round gonna almost got there
2: George had a quite a, quite a trio with wit varsho
1: and julio rodriguez yeah i think <laughs> i mean I, I for a mock draft in october i love it I, I don't know about we'll see where we are next march um but yeah i really wanted wit uh because i wanted a little bit more speed for my roster right now i don't have a ton of speed i'm all right with it Whatever, I'll survive. But Witt could have given me that, so I was I was hoping to snag him there in the ninth round. What do we think of Witt being in the ninth round? I, I mean, I think either he's going to make the opening day roster, or we, he's one of those players we see in like before May first.
3: George grabbed Wander Franco, Logan Webb, Alec Manoa too. Like <laughs> he's he's taking all the intriguing guys that you don't yeah. know where they're gonna go. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I don't. I don't really have a good take on, on where which should be drafted at this I, point.
1: I feel like he's taking the opposite approach of what, uh, Phil who's like won all the, the fantasy. Yeah. Just, just events, the yeah. 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 Who won like all the main events, uh, for NFBC, uh, this year. And I'm, I'm taking lessons from that personally. Um, because it is so easy to get caught up in the young players, and yeah. and sometimes if you overlook those guys, that it, it it won't work out well for you. But this year of all years was the year to use that approach. Um, so I'm taking lessons from 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 what he
3: did this yeah, year. Yeah, gra- grab some proven players, and uh, I, I guess that's kind of what I backed my way into doing. Grab some yeah. proven players that maybe had a letdown due to injury or or something else, and right. Right. Yeah, you can get too cute with it, and maybe George. We got to get him back on the pod next week to defend.
1: <laughs> right,
2: right. Give, DJ, you mentioned getting maybe getting some speed with wit if you're when you're targeting him. But I feel like, I mean, again, strategy for 2022 on October 21st. Things can obviously change a lot from now until then. But I feel like I'm not gonna really worry about stolen bases much not like ignore them but that's like there are just so few stolen bases in the game like i feel like you can just kind of look into
1: keeping your head above water in that category i mean the alternative theory to that is like just knock off five or ten and just get a bunch of guys who give you five or ten and you're going to be in the mix and that's really all you need Right, and
2: you can always you can always trade for some if you if you need some later on in the season too. You don't right. like to
3: set yourself up to do that. Right, ahead of a time necessarily, but I don't know. the stolen can, base is back. The the percentage, yeah. like the overall league percentage, is back up near seventy five percent. Yeah, and the yeah. Whole, the whole reason not to run was because it it has to be. I mean, at least in Moneyball, the book. If you're not running at a better than 75% clip, like you're just wasting outs on the bases. Uh, but I don't know. The, the percentage this year was was up near that. But you got to have the certain guys that can be able to to manage that. Like the Dodgers are sure. on what, 13 bases already this postseason?
1: Yeah, it's been really interesting to watch in the postseason how valuable of a tool the stolen base has been. Mm-hmm. And I guess I understand why teams aren't, because right now it's like every pitch matters you got to maximize the the outs or or opportunities offensively but i think there's a way to run more in during the regular season i, I would, i'd love to see a team try that I, the padres were super active on the base pass this year but i'd love to see more teams try to do that bring it back we need like 1980s cardinals
2: that's what yes. I'm saying. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, just in pure fantasy terms, going back to the stolen bases, it, there used to be way more, like, speed-only guys than there are now, too. Like, it's true. what Miles Straw is, like, the only, basically only speed-only guy in baseball right now. I can't even yeah. think of anybody else.
3: Yeah, I mean. Um, Malik I, Smith kind of flamed out. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to say,
1: like, Tommy Edmund is a is strictly a speed guy because he hit 10 yeah. home runs, but, like,
3: he's not a good hitter. No, he's not. No, well, he sold 30 right. bases, anyway. Right? He needs yeah. to stop switch hitting. I mean, he's not a switch hitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the problem. I think
1: he had a sub 700 OPS this year, right? He
3: did. He did. And if they,
1: but
2: just for in fantasy terms, and I'll defend him because he's, he was my pick in this draft. But uh, <laughs> I know that. <laughs> I, I know Drew would agree, too. I, I hope he doesn't bat leadoff certainly against righties yeah. next year. Yeah. But – I mean, if he does, like, he doesn't have a good OEP, and he still scored almost 100 runs. So, yeah, crazy. Where he bats in the lineup is going to be really key to to his fantasy value, certainly.
1: Right. So let's look at these uh, early pitchers. So Garrett Cole, Degrom, Burns, Bueller, Scherzer, Woodruff, Bieber, and then you took Zach Wheeler. So uh, Ryan, you took Zach Wheelers. and I think that he is our ninth starting pitcher off the board. Does that sound about right to you guys? Wheeler is a top 10 starting pitcher? Yes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I agree. I was thinking about this earlier. Who do you guys think is like the – of the early starters? And we could probably use Wheeler as kind of a rough cutoff. Maybe we could throw Alcantara in there too. But who do you think of those guys have the fewest question marks attached to them? Or – no question marks if that's what you feel about them. I mean, is it Scherzer? Even though he's uh, thirty-eight in mid-season next year, uh, Corbin Burns doesn't really have any. But he's we haven't he hasn't had a full workload yeah. pitching ever on regular rest in the majors yet. I mean, there's a lot of yeah.
3: yeah they they all have question marks. They all have question
1: marks. But I feel the best about Burns, Bueller, and Woodruff and Wheeler. Yeah.
2: Mueller, though, as good as he he was, though, like he doesn't offer as many strikeouts as the other guys. But he was – I was actually pretty shocked, honestly, at how deep he pitched regularly into games this year. Like like that was – in 2020, obviously, we can – so many fluky things that happened that year. But what – how many times did he go six innings and – In 2020.
1: I think like once or twice in the regular season.
2: And then he did like almost every start this year.
1: So, yeah. And that's great for the win potential. We know that Dodgers lineup is going to be good. Um, So, yeah, I I think he's pretty much as safe as it gets. And I, I wasn't really sure about Burns coming into this year. I might've liked Woodruff a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think both those guys are money. And Wheeler is another one of those guys who's kind of more in like the old school vein where, I mean, I guess maybe some of that's Joe Girardi, Wheeler's going to go seven like pretty much every every night unless he's, you know, off his game. Um, and that was pretty much what he did all, all season. And I think there's a case for Wheeler to be the NL Cy Young Award winner just in total value that he offered. He like blew the field away as far as like innings pitch this year. Yeah. Um, so I think he has a real case. And, you know, having that volume, knowing he's going to throw 200 innings. Knowing he's probably going to strike out 230 batters or something like that, like that's a big deal in a in a league where you might have an innings cap.
3: How are we
2: How are we considering the the sticky stuff aspect of the of, of valuing pitchers? I know there was some there was an obvious dip in spin rate immediately, and then it kind of rebounded late in the year. <laughs> yeah, seen, sure did. <laughs> I've seen some speculation that they were just hiding the stuff elsewhere. <laughs> Could very yeah. well be. A guy like Garrett Cole was – I mean, Dave obviously went pitching heavy. <laughs> I don't yes. know how many pitches he took at the beginning of his draft. Looks yeah. like five or six.
1: We're going to have him I on the show next cool. week to talk about his
2: strategy. So, Yeah. I mean, I think Cole at seven is, is aggressive. Um, I, I'm not sure if he's going to be my top pitcher
3: going into next year. I probably I won't draft a pitcher in the first round. Yeah, I me mean, neither. Yeah. I'm kinda I, I, I'm I was gonna let someone it. else do it. I was, I was all about, about it last year too. Yeah, mm-hmm. same. Same.
2: But then um, as I mentioned, there's a lot of question marks with those guys. But this,
3: guys. Or not this time last year, but last spring we were talking all about the the way the, the changing in the baseball and how to bake that into projections. Um and I almost just I look at strikeouts and run prevention and try to keep it pretty simple. There was one Twitter user who was like, Why did Robbie Ray uh, last so long in this draft and it's a good I, question. I don't really have a great answer for that. Uh maybe because what Everything he
2: happen prior
3: to <laughs> this year. I, I mean he had that great two thousand seventeen with the Diamondbacks. Um yeah. so But he
1: he's a different pitcher now. Like his yeah. control is like immaculate basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um so yeah but it's a good question. I don't think he should have lasted the fifth round. Honestly. Yeah
3: I, I think what yeah what what was he the twelfth? starter off the board yeah maybe yeah one two two after chris after chris sale after chris sale after aaron nola i think nola had a lot of bad luck yeah i I considered taking nola
1: as well um but yeah i I, my first pitcher was corbin burns i waited to the fifth round for my next pitcher got lance lynn uh again volume i'm expecting to pitch deep into games if healthy and then I got Jack Flaherty as my third starter uh, in the seventh round. I know like over the past two years, Flaherty hasn't pitched much at all. You guys yeah. know that well. Mm-hmm. Um, had a shoulder injury this year, but he was, he was really good when healthy and looked on his way to, I don't know if he would have justified like being a top 10 mm-hmm. starting pitcher or top 12, but you know, kind of that top of the rotation fantasy starter you were expecting. So to get him as my third he, he just, starter, I was happy with that
2: yeah he, he's certainly a guy who i mean you look at where you got him his he could be taken four rounds earlier by by the spring which is depending on how he looks it's i agree just,
3: yeah. i agree yeah. with
0: that the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble
1: I was wondering if you guys think about, uh, you know, getting back to the sticky stuff thing with the CBA negotiations going on. December 1st is the day that you were kind of looking at. Do you think there's a chance that there could be some agreement with a an agreed upon substance that pitchers can use that improves grip, but not necessarily, you know, spin is out of control? Like, I, I don't know how you how you figure that out, but I, I think there's probably smart people you like ex- they're experimenting with
2: it now, aren't they? With the is AFL has those like the pre-tacked baseballs. I can't remember if it's I'm AFL 100% or not.
3: Sure well, they were using them in the Olympics, right? Too, and didn't what, like oh, Scott, no, Scott no, Casimir that. was talking about how much he loved the Olympic baseball. Mm-hmm. It's I think it's what they were use what they've used in Japan and maybe the Korea baseball organization for a while. Um, just you don't really need to add any kind of substance to it to get the feel that you want. I think pitchers are always going to try to take advantage. Yeah. Um, And now that they know where umpires are are checking, I don't know. I'm already almost tired of this debate and it's going to keep (laughs) going on, but um, I I don't know how to bake it into a fantasy projection or or what guys to lower, what guys to, to raise. Uh, It's kind of amazing. Like
1: I'd say maybe the first half of our fantasy baseball careers, like, 2009 to 2015 or whatever do you remember talking about the baseball no i don't think we ever did really it's amazing how much that's become a thing you know it's like every year we're constantly evaluating (laughs) it which i guess is good but it like it makes it so much harder to just trust anything i think it's the the
2: the big factor in that is the everybody's talking about length of games now so that that's just gonna comes with part of that which yeah I'm fine with the games at this length but I, I realize that the casual fans aren't gonna jump on
1: board when it's I've, I've the one it's been hard for me. I mean I'm watching the games but like all the relievers, all the pitching changes like it's tough but I mean the teams are getting paid to win like they're there to win. They're not there to necessarily entertain. They're there to get whatever edge they can garner from the other team. So go for it. Go crazy. Like, you're supposed to win. So I get it to an extent, but it's not the most entertaining product to me.
3: I'm okay with the length of games because, you know, whatever. whatever. I like to watch baseball. And this is the postseason when teams are pulling out all the stops to to try to win games. And the people that are talking about, like, oh, there's no – Starting pitchers in baseball anymore? Like, have you actually watched these games? They've had to pull these guys. Like, it's you got to put some context on it. It's not like the Blake Snell situation where you know he was you know throwing. I guess he had like five and five innings of one run ball in the World Series last year, and they pulled him. This this is situations where the starters are they don't look good and they're. In serious trouble. I think the shortened 2020 season has a lot to do with this. I think a lot of these guys have just lost. They're students. just gassed.
1: Yeah. 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 I kind of look at this like baseball, the postseason, whatever, it's just another form of entertainment going up against all the other things that you could be watching. Like, sure. You know, postseason games, four hours, but instead, I guess you could watch four hours of a serial serial killer, you know, streaming documentary on on uh, Netflix or something like <laughs> I, I would rather watch the baseball podcast. Just just
3: yeah. You know I, what I'm saying though? I just, I hate yeah. that this, it's been a, it's, yeah, it's been a constant debate the last five years. Oh, Baseball needs to change. Baseball is dying and maybe there are tweaks that they can make, but I think baseball's fine. Like has it gotten a little smaller? Actually, no, it's, it's, it's at record profits every year it's a smaller pitch clock and
2: call strikes. I mean, it'll, yeah. it'll be fine. Shrink the strike zone. Maybe don't let um, guys step out of the box 14 times. You're not bad. It,
3: It's a smaller chunk of um, American culture, but it's still a, a very healthy chunk of American culture. I, I think that sport is fine. And maybe there are ways to, to make the games go by faster because we, we have, we all have short attention spans because we're on our phones all the time. But, I think the sport is very healthy and, you know, an Astros Braves World Series might not bear that out in the ratings, but locally um, it's a very healthy regional sport and national sport. I I think, I think, I think it's doing fine. And we need to stop talking about how baseball is dying and needs to change as much as we do.
2: Speaking of the Astros, I don't know about you guys. I've kind of found myself, in the alcs rooting for the astros uh, does that make me a bad person
3: i'm rooting for neither of those teams
2: yeah, yeah i mean i guess yeah. i just like more players on that roster but and dusty baker when when
1: did dusty baker become the most likable guy <laughs> yeah, that's, in the world? True. Yeah, that's a good point He probably, probably always like has to, yeah. in theory i would like to see baker like win a world series and go off into the sunset if that's what he wants of course mm-hmm. but i would love to see that play out but i i i don't really love that it would have to be for the astros for that to happen um i can't say i'm really rooting for any team it's hard for me to root for any of them but i i i'm rooting for like good games and that's good enough for me astros Um, astros braves would probably be your dj like kind of a nightmare matchup (laughs) it's all right you're not a not a braves fan at all being the mets and you know what's weird? I find them very likable. Mm. I really, really do. Um, I love Freddie Freeman. I love Ozzy Albies. Like, how can you not like those guys? It's a little different than like the '90s Braves, where that was just dominant, <laughs> brutal, brutal on my Mets. Um, but going back to the sticky stuff, because there's one pick that you had, Ryan. Uh, we'll kind of close here for now. We'll, we'll we'll cover the remainder of the draft. Next week, Dave Shovin is going to be on the show and he's going to talk about his pitching strategy. Looking forward to that. We'll we'll get through, hopefully, by the time we do the show next week, we'll be through all 23 rounds. I don't know if that'll be the case, but, uh, you know, we can dream. Uh, So, Ryan, you took you Darvish, I believe, in the ninth round. Is that right? Yep, ninth round. Uh, Which is funny because I think I took him in the second round this year. Um, Yeah. And for the first, like... I'd say until they started enforcing the sticky stuff mm-hmm. early June, it looked like a good call. Like he looked like a fancy ace, which we had started to become accustomed to since the second half of 2019. Um, but after that date, like early June, I think he had a six, five ERA, something like that. Still missed a lot of bats, but very, very hittable and was also hurt dealt with a hip injury down the stretch. I don't know how much stock you put in the sticky stuff. Maybe it was more good. like just a physical thing. My my Alexa is going it's off in the background. So Sorry about that. Because
3: <laughs> you said you said you or something. I don't know. That was <laughs> weird.
1: <laughs> anyway, yeah, I I, mean, I love I love that pick. I should just say that I think with the peripherals, it still looked pretty promising. Uh, and if he's healthy, I think you're going to see a pretty decent bounce back.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I kind of wish I had a better answer for why I took them him than it was the ninth round. Yeah, um, but yeah, everything you said was you pretty much covered it all. It after this, the sticky substance cracked down. I, I want to say that like his spin rates actually didn't fluctuate that much. I may be confusing him with a different uh, with a different pitcher, but I, th- I thought that was the case with Darvish, but. Either way, I mean, it's pretty uh, cut and dry with uh, when he started struggling is when they started cracking down on the sticky stuff. But, yeah, I mean, again, ninth round, and he did deal with some injuries, but it was seemed relatively minor, not not arm-related. You can count on him for a pretty decent workload. He's obviously going to miss bats. I believe he's still, as far as active pitchers go, has the highest caper 9 career. Um, oh. So, again – it was the ninth round you darvish i'll
1: take it yeah. yeah i love it that's a good pick so i think that's all i have for now I, I don't want to talk about closers i i was really tempted to take giovanni gallegos you got him in the 11th round ryan i love that pick too uh assuming he gets a full season in the closer role yeah that's you know, he he's to going to be that. one of the best closers he's going to be a top 10 closer i just don't know
3: 100 yeah, that hard he'll be the guy it's hard to assume anything. Yeah, any clothes like I would even go as far. As, uh, I, Liam Hendricks and like Josh Hader seem pretty locked in, but from there, I don't even know about Kenley Jansen or Rossella Glace. And Jansen, I love,
1: I love I should say yeah. that to me, he's the the number three fantasy closer. Yeah. I know he's a free agent, but his numbers this year were insane.
3: Yeah, the Reds could eat a guy like him, huh?
1: And he was better than his ERA even indicated. So. I I don't know where he's going to wind up, but chances are it's going to be with a contender. And I think he's going to be one of the best fancy clothers. Yeah. So that's all I got. I don't know if you guys have any other takeaways from the mock.
3: I'll save some for. Any any more meat bingo? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I got. They were.
1: The lead, by the way. I don't know what happened, but they did.
3: There were attendance prizes, too. um, But. I didn't get any meat meat prizes. What were they? <laughs> like no, jerky? Maybe? No, they were like uh I guess Deep Eddy, like the vodka brand, sponsored okay. it. And I have like a Deep Eddy handkerchief over there and a, a Deep Eddy koozie. I guess I got those. But
2: I'll be, I'll be honest, I like those Deep Eddy uh, flavored vodkas.
3: Yeah, the grapefruit. And <laughs> if the they're listening,
2: and,
1: if they're listening, I would love a case. <laughs> wish you could. Nice. Uh,
3: but to get an alcohol sponsorship on this you show know something
1: funny like i i saw like a gold belly ad pop up on like something uh, instagram facebook and the 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 brand the restaurant that they were advertising to me was actually emo's pizza <laughs> yeah how how did that happen it's like they really are listening to me yeah probably 100 percent listening
3: me. that might be one of their more popular brands just because so many people hear about it or yeah. move away from st louis and they really like it or people hear about it and they're like i just want to try it right i can't imagine that emos would be first of all it's not the best st louis style pizza there is and also it would just be a frozen pizza
1: yeah yeah they give you all the little you know ingredients and stuff
3: yeah I know. But yeah that's not the pizza
1: i would probably get through gold belly i have to say whoa whoa yeah that's that's a hot take let's I mean. end
3: the show there dude <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey gold belly if you're listening yeah well we i guess we could use a, another sponsor True. Um, anyway i'll take a gift card uh, all right so before we go uh just another uh notice here for our listeners we have a special offer for you guys you can use promo code bases10 for 10 percent off any premium subscription for nbc sports edge plus can be either monthly or annual and for any tier. It also works across all sports, including football, of course, football season in full swing, NHL underway, NBA as well. You guys have an NBA team that you follow, Ryan, Drew? I root for Jason Tatum and Bradley Beal. Okay, of course. Yeah. Of course, that makes sense. I'm going to pretend I'm a Knicks fan again, uh, at least for now uh so uh remember it's promo code basis 10 it's a great value to get access to all of these sports especially when they're all going right now i know that's not the case with baseball but very soon we'll have our draft guide coming out in in february it'll be here before you know it so we're going to start working on that very soon you can go to slash premium to get started again it's bases 10 Ryan, thanks for thanks so much for coming on the show this week. Uh, really, really appreciate it. I know we tried to make it happen last week, but uh, thanks for, for making time for us. Happy to do it, boys. All right. See you. All right. If you like what you're hearing with this show, Circling the Bases, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review. If you don't mind, five stars. Follow us on Twitter. If you don't already, I'm at DJ short. Drew is at Drew Sills. Be safe out there. And we will see you next time.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble.